Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. Well, I'm back to work. It's crazy. It's crazy being back to work. I'm sure some of you are feeling the same. I hope all of you uh, get back to work soon. But um, I gotta say, I mean, so far the, the testing was pretty seamless. I'm pretty impressed how Fox uh, set up the testing. You enter the lot, you go get tested, you leave. You get to retest results the next day, and then after that, you can start working. Um, that went really smoothly, I thought. There's uh, signage everywhere. Um, Fox, and I'm sure all of the lots, have spent a huge amount on their graphics budget now because there's signage everywhere to wash your hands, keep your mask on, uh, little things on the floor keep six feet away from each other, and we're all going to get through this together. There's directional signs in the offices one way. Um, my department actually moved offices, which I scored a better office. So it worked out good for me. <laughs> but um, that was a safety measure, and I, I applaud them for taking all of that action, and, I, and it's very appreciated. Um, and even when you go on stage, I mean, I know construction had already started on our show, and my swing guys start this week, next week, and... You work in like pods and, you know, we're trying to figure out mandates and scheduling and that's, that's another podcast. But on each stage, they have like the safety sinks and they have monitors on each stage that you're, you know, making sure you're wearing your mask and washing your hands. And, um, actually, actually Jerry Kelter, who is a set decorator, who hopefully someday will grace this podcast, has a prop house called Studio Prop Rental. Um, and she made these um, safety sanitizing sink units that she's renting and I, I may be selling. But they're pretty sweet looking. She showed me a picture. They're pretty cool. They're really nice. So if you need them for a show, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a ton of movies made about this pandemic and you're going to need to rent it for your set dressing and or now I think she's renting them out for use they really work but yeah she's got some working ones so I'll throw that in there um anyway traffic has been awesome if anybody else is out and about traffic's pretty light it's freaky but it's great in LA um I would say getting my show back to speed is a really difficult part I'm sure for anyone starting back on a show I don't know how many of you are, were in the middle of prepping or shooting, but I think we shut down at the worst possible time for set dressing. I was two weeks away from shooting. I had a ton of purchases, a huge season rental that I had already picked up, but none of the sets were ready to dress. So, I mean, I was just kind of standing in line. You know when you're like, I don't know how to put it, like you're at the starting line and the gun's about to go off. That's how I felt. 
waiting for these sets to get done so I can like attack them. Um, but my dressing is just all in a pile, basically. Um, but starting back at this phase, it's really hard to remember <laughs> where I left off. Um, because, uh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I've kept pretty busy. I'm not like slowing down or anything, but it's hard to remember. Luckily, my buyers and I are pretty organized. And once we all sat down together, uh, six feet apart, um, we talk through every single set and all of our orders, and then it all starts to come back. So I don't care how organized any show is, starting back like this is really hard. And I'm tired. I don't know about anybody else, but if you're starting back, man, I'm tired. I don't know if it's wearing the mask and trying to, like, talk through it all day is, like, making me tired. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out of shape or anything, but uh, maybe just mentally I'm exhausted. <laughs> but I guess that's always how our job is. I'm always mentally exhausted. But uh, I hope you start back to work soon. And um, I hope uh, I hope you're staying safe and healthy. On this episode, I speak with production designer slash set decorator Matthew Flood Ferguson. Matthew is currently nominated for an Emmy for his design of the Netflix series Hollywood for outstanding production design for a narrative period or fantasy program one hour. His career as a set decorator focused on films like Running with Scissors, Beautiful Creatures, The Gift, Battle of the Sexes, and more. But recently, he turned to a string of high-end TV dramas like American Crime Story Versace and the upcoming Ratched, and he moved to production designer for the show Hollywood. We talk about how we met in Versace, how he started his career in commercials, the ridiculous pace it takes to get a show like Versace and Hollywood made, and if he'll be sticking with production design. I also gush about my love for the film Running With Scissors. It's just a beautiful, layered, <laughs> dirty, funny uh, set. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I, I've always really liked the film, and I've always loved the period sets, and so I make him talk about it and make him tell us about all that good stuff. So I hope you enjoy. to see you know the different categories and I kind of thought okay this isn't going well it's not going to happen and right when I completed that thought I got a text and I looked down and it was you oh <laughs> and I thought oh you know what this might be good news and oh, I clicked so on happy. it and said congrats and then I was just like oh my god I can't believe it oh no that's fantastic I knew it I knew you would be I knew it I knew but it I knew it Thank you. I, I, you know, um, 
I'm thrilled and so honored, honestly, that the Academy has recognized all the work that we've done, as I'm sure you have felt. Oh, yeah. And the peer, I think it's, it's your peers and you're like, oh my God, like, I thought I was the only one voting for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So, so, um, I think too, I always think like, well, I have like five friends. They'll vote for me too. I vote for them. <laughs> there's only like 66, you know, entries or whatever. Oh, there's a, yeah, it it's a lot. It's, so. um, and I always feel like when there's one that's like out of the blue or like unexpected, I'm like, oh, all right, people watch. People, right. obviously people voted for that. Like, okay, I, I don't know. Yeah. I respect the whole process and. Yeah, I know no. it's political, but not, it's weird. Right. And right. then, you know, like for the next round, I believe either cinematography, uh, cinematography or, um, wardrobe votes in the category. So it's not just your peers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a really good rule because then it helps break up any sort of like popularity. Con- you know what I mean? Right. I think right. when it takes it out of the element, you're like, oh no people voted so, for it. So what you're telling me is I need to start calling all the DPs. Yes. <laughs> I did. Like Joan Crawford or something. You know? Oh, I hashtag the hell out of like costume designers oh, and like, um, uh, you, you've done so many interviews already. God. Isn't that great? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bit nerve wracking to be honest. It is great. But, um, I'm, you know, I guess we're our worst critics. So every time I go back and I sort of look at what I've said, I can't help but feel like, God, I sound like. Oh, I I know. And and then I feel like I say, like, only the ones that I've done, I feel like, oh, I said the same thing. You couldn't think of anything more, you dumbass. Like, (laughs) right. right. Or I've said, you know, the stage or this place or that location. And I've used the same word a hundred times in like one paragraph. It's like, yeah get a better vocabulary or something i'm definitely but, not a good writer and i i think i'm a better talker than writer so i guess that's all i got going for me <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, no, I'm, i've been enjoying your your podcast actually i, oh, I walk you. every morning um out here so it's four miles to the main gate wow yeah, I know. And so there's nobody on the road. It's just, and so I listen to, I've been listening to podcasts. So I've been listening to yours along with uh, Karina Longworth's. Oh, nice. Well. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. It's been, I mean, the pandemic for me has been great because I kind of cornered people and been like, listen, you got no excuse. Like, <laughs> I know you're home. <laughs> right. Um, you don't got anything else to do. And some people it worked and some people, you know, it, and that's fine. Everybody's. And there were some people that were like, look, I just, I'm not in the right headspace to even, like, talk about anything right now, and I respect that, too. So, but it has, it just gave me a better opportunity in this time to, like, focus on it, because I really have been wanting to do it, and it's really hard to do when we're working. So, I've also been able to, like, stock up a couple interviews, and then, so I have some to keep going, because once... Once we start working, it's just really hard. I know, and you're a mother of two. Yeah, yeah. That's right? that's like I was saying. So I started today. I started today uh-huh. in your I old in your Versace offices. <laughs> the art department's been on for almost three weeks, and it's like 
God, I I would almost rather start a new show because picking up the pieces right now of like, did I get that chandelier? Did yeah. I get that chair? Did I pick the fabric yeah. for that curtain? Uh-huh. Is actually a lot harder. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh. you, you, you've been in a rhythm. Yeah. And it takes a bit to get into that rhythm. And it's always sort of daunting for me. But for any job, I get kind of depressed. Yes. And it's almost a fear too. of, do I know what I'm doing? Do I know how to do this? Oh, and then, then, of course, day one, day two, you're like, okay, this is what I do. And so by the time you're, you know, three, four weeks into prep, everyone's in a rhythm. You're starting to figure everyone out yeah. to then come to a complete stop. It's, it's natural to be like you get you sort of disconnect from it. So yeah. you got to get back up on the train and it's already sort of moving. Yeah. And I thought it was a slow moving. But actually, <laughs> now we have a shoot date and you're like, oh, I got to get up to speed like. I have, like, two days, basically. My buyers start Monday. Like, I've got two right. days to, like, right. play with the fabrics or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not even, because even today I was like, and I had to move offices. They moved us. So I, that's basically what I did all day. I walked with Sages. I moved my office. And then I'm like. And now um, you're doing this. And now I'm doing, well, this is, this is a break. This is fantastic. <laughs> this I love. Um, I, you know what I loved is. When I look at uh, your credits, I love running with scissors. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I, I love running with scissors. And obviously, I didn't know you then. And I, I you know, but um, and so I rewatched it again the other night. And I can't I, I read the book when it came mm-hmm. before it came out. And I actually was like a huge fan of a Augustus Burroughs, I believe is. How you say it? Yeah, Augustin Burns. Augustin Burns. And I went to like a book signing. Like I met him. I was like all in with him. And so that movie is like, I think when you're invested like that, you see a movie and then you're like, oh, this was really, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Like to be able to decorate that character of that house, that must have been so interesting. The house? Yeah. Dr. Finn's house? Yeah. yeah. So... So that was that was my second film as a decorator. I had for years worked, um, not years, but for a long time, worked as a buyer on commercials. And then I started to decorate commercials. And I met a production designer who I worked with over the years, Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. And we developed a, a really good relationship. And we did a, a film called Happy Endings, which turned. So it started off non-union. And then it flipped after 30 days. I can't remember the deal. So that's how I got into the union. I know. I was going to say, your resume is like feature film, feature film, feature film. Like you were, I was like, where's this guy? But I had, IMDb I had, must be wrong. <laughs> no, I, I had a backlog of commercials. You don't see right, that. I right. mean, so many. Right. But um, so Running With Scissors being my second film as a decorator, it was a big undertaking. And the Finch House, I remember talking with Richard. I mean, he likes to work very, very closely with decorators. Sometimes to a point where I'm like, okay, I need to be on my own to get stuff done. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're friends and we joke about it. Um, And the Finch House needed to be, you know, packed and just full of layers and antique pieces and carved wood, you know, chairs and stuffed birds and just everything so 
I pulled a deal with Sony when Sony was down oh, off of Jefferson. On remember? Alpha Alla? Yes, yeah, Alpha yeah, Alla. Yeah. Um, and literally, we were going through and just, I pulled a deal there and I pulled a deal at Warner Brothers and Ronnie. It's when Ronnie was running the uh, prop house. The, there was a uh, couple house. Warner Brothers pieces I saw in there. I go, oh, Veep. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, so so definitely Warner Brothers and and Sony. And at the time, Colleen Broderick was one of my buyers, and she was great. We had a lot of fun. And early on, I think she had been shopping for some, you know, set dressing, some smalls. And she, this was the days when we took photographs. Remember, photographs and printed them. Printed. To go over set dressing at the end of the day, and we would print doubles. Um. And she was like looking at a thing. She was, well, I was thinking maybe this clock on the second shelf and maybe that box of, you know, and I was like, Colleen, we need every shelf. Tag it all. Tag it all, girl. <laughs> Circle the whole thing. <laughs> Just that whole shelf, grab it all. Um, and then, you know, I was still learning, to be honest, on that kind of a level of dressing. And I remember when the trucks arrived and all of the stuff started coming off the truck. And as you know, it's, all disheveled. Yeah, it's nothing's in order. Nothing's in order. And you have kind of this pressure to be able to deliver and direct the guys and yeah. girls, women, yeah. where things need to go and start putting it together. And this was a full mansion. And Richard was great because he said, just start pointing and just get it into places and then you can start to adjust. Mm-hmm. Which is what we did. And I was like, okay, put this here, put that there. And it started to kind of lay you know, started to, to um, tell a story. And then we kind of would move things around and fine tune. I think we had about a, you don't want to hear this, but I think we had a good solid five days to dress good. that. Well, God, that dress just should, I mean, the whole house, that's a lot. That's yeah. probably like 13 yeah. sets in that house. Plus the yards, the yards okay. had so much shit. In them. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so much random shit. It was so great. But there I was, know. but there was um, logic to it. Because I paused and I looked around. There's logic to it, but it was just so layered. And 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 you had had to do period. Right. It wasn't even like you could do modern shit. Like, you had a lot of period stuff in there. And that's even, like, keeping that right. all correct. And right. that first house, I love that Annette Benning house. Uh, the Burns yellow, house. The I didn't yellow. Do. Oh, you uh, didn't do that? Was, oh, yeah, we did oh, that. I oh, loved okay, that. So. We did it all. Oh, oh yeah, 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 lemon yellow, and the uh, we had like black and white houndstooth check, yes. you know, and the turquoise lamps, and uh, so that was a great set. The whole house it was a great set to do, and we scouted. I was with Richard a lot on the scouts, and this was a house that we used. It's it's a funky house on the corner of Beverly. No, no, excuse me, Rossmore, and maybe Beverly. And it's oh, kind yeah. of this 60s brick. Mm-hmm. And we, we built sets within that house to kind of redo the scale of rooms. But um, I remember Richard kind of a little bit nervous saying, okay, what do you think about, what do you think about this house? What do you think about this house? I was like, I think it's good. And he's the walls. The walls are so good. And it, as a decorator, it wasn't something I was thinking about. But the walls have this great texture, texture. this brick. And it's, it's kind of ugly. But it's period, and it's great. Right. And it gives this this element, this this kind of realness. And uh, I kind of remember that moment. And he was just so keen on, like, these walls are so good. 
Um, but anyway, I, that set was fun. It was, and it was did, glamorous fun. Was the kitchen... So those were locations, because even the tile on the kitchen floor when Alec Baldwin falls down is perfect. And I was like, they had to have... That's so period. I can't... If I wonder if that was in this location. I mean, I know that's like an art department thing, but... The, no, no, no. The kitchen, the cabinets were... They belonged to the house. We... Missy Parker was oh, yes. a buyer. Yeah, yeah. great. And um, we switched out. I think we had them custom painted, you know, in the avocado green, the refrigerator and the appliances. And then I think the art department changed out the floor. Yeah. But I'd have to look at the scene again to remember. The but, tile on the floor but, is fantastic. If anybody wants to freeze frame that, it's Because you get to look at Alec Baldwin. So for Deirdre's library, where she reads the poem to young Augustine, mm-hmm. we built, or the art department built sort of walls within a TV room that was in the back of the house to turn it into the library. And so that was kind of a built set that we built inside the existing house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And my favorite set in that whole house actually is cut from the film. It was her bedroom oh. where you only see a glimpse of it where the camera's shooting down and she's on the bed. But everything in the room was this white and green fabric, the bedspread, the curtains, the lampshades. Oh. It, it was it was great. It was a, a great set, and but it got cut from the film. So how much input did augustine have like was that true to was a lot of it true or did, i mean i know it's like his re- reflections so it, of of it so it's exaggerated i'm sure yes and yeah. and you know it was definitely gonna be sort of glamorous and visually interesting and and um and augustine in the beginning met with ryan and and i think spoke with richard and we talked to him a little bit early on about the house and how crazy it was and how layered it was but he didn't go into, at least with us, a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. So we took the little bit of information that we had and kind of went with it. And I remember he visited the set when we were shooting the Finch house. Mm-hmm. And Richard and I were like, because he had been gone for a while. And, and Richard and I were like, oh, boy, this could be a deal breaker. Like he could show up and be like, well, this isn't at all what it was like. And that could be scary. Yeah, but he showed up and he was thrilled. He's like, this is exactly what it was like. And he was over the moon. I mean, you know, at that point we had had, you know, stuff coming out of drawers and the Christmas tree that had been in the corner for 10 years. Oh, that's the best compliment. That really is. Yeah, and so he was like, and he just was going through the house like this and this and this. and so, So we were very happy. I know. I wish there was more of Dr. Finch's bedroom. Yeah. Because there's only, like, that one scene where the where guy tries to kill him, I think. And I feel like, oh, there was probably some really good stuff in there. There is a... There is... So, you want to hear a little funny note about yes. that? Yes, sure yes. You've experienced this, experienced this as a decorator as well. You actually see the room twice. There's a, a quick scene with Gwyneth Paltrow. I forget her character's name. And she's trying to do, like, some test on Augustine, and they're kneeling in front of a mirror. Oh, and it, okay. The shock machine or something. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. So that's kind of an angle oh. in the bedroom. So cut to scouting and prep. The enormity of that set and the limitations we had with the budget, 
when it came to Dr. Finch's bedroom, everybody was, except Richard and I were like, okay, you don't need to do the entire room. Only do this corner, only wallpaper <laughs> this corner, only dress this corner. I promise you, we will uh, only shoot in this direction. Okay. Yeah. Well, never do, never do that because yeah, if you look closely the dailies came back and they ended up shooting that scene where he's going to try to kill him right shooting the opposite direction and i i got a call from the onset the next day saying you're not going to be happy about this but do you remember the finch's bedroom and they were only supposed to look to the right well guess what they they looked to the left they'd taken a big painting and then flipped it on its side and then just covered up the wall that we hadn't wallpapered well, that, I mean, I mean, that's that, only a good onset can help you there. Right, right. And a creative so, person. Um, you know, the house was so crazy that in, in the, in the, tr- the truth of the reality is you don't really notice it, but you do. that point on, <laughs> you know, it's like you scout something and they say they're only going to look no. one way. Liars. Liars. Always, <laughs> always liars. Always. Yeah. You have to dress, you have to dress the whole room or at least you have to have enough to dress the whole room. Right. And it, you, may, you don't, maybe not put it out if you don't want to, but always have enough. Have, have that in your extra. You can't trust anyone. You can't trust them. But, you know, you, you learn as you go, right? Yeah. At every job, there, there's something you learn from and you take it with you on the next one. And yeah. that's how you build your experience. And then, you know, so. I, I actually didn't even realize till I just rewatched it that Ryan Murphy directed it. Yeah, it was his first film directing. Yeah. And he wasn't even like really Ryan Murphy yet. He was like uh, Nip Tuck. It wasn't. Correct. It wasn't like Glee and like all all the goodies and everything. But like, yeah, you've been with him for a long time. I know. So <laughs> Ryan knew Richard over the years, mm-hmm. and um, and then Richard and I were friends and worked had worked together on uh, the film before Happy Endings, and um, so that's how I got introduced to Ryan, to Ryan, and um, he. I think they were. You were still on Nip Tuck, and they were shooting at Paramount because that's where our offices were. Mm. And right after, right after we finished Running with Scissors, we did a pilot with Ryan called Pretty Handsome. Um, right. And that pilot, which didn't get picked up, I really believe was ahead of its time. Mm. Now it would be a hit. It was about a very wealthy socialite. Um, doctor and his wife it was, and he was a cross-dresser was it joseph fines too i guess yes yeah 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 joseph fines and um and uh he was a cross-dresser and it was kind of this interesting story and it, there was a transgender character and i so i just it was kind of ahead of its time really i feel but, always yeah. bad for pilots because really you especially like you make your pilot, everybody puts a thousand percent into it, and then when it doesn't get picked up, like that's it, it's gone. Yeah. Some writer um, worked on that for like five, you know, ten years, or producers, and it's gone. Like I always feel so sad for pilots. No, <laughs> I hate doing pilots. I hate him. Hate him. Oh uh, God, I know. And not uh, only that, in pilot season, you know, it's always this panic. You know, because uh, everything's double tagged, triple tagged. Yeah, it's so busy in our little world. It's yeah, it's yeah. panic. Um, you, so you did, I mean, you, I hope you like Richard because <laughs> you did happy endings, running with scissors, beautiful creatures, the gift, less than yeah. zero pilot, pretty handsome Tilda. I'm, I'm right. probably forgetting more, but like, that's right a, a that's a beautiful run, I would say. 
that's a yes. good relationship. And I'm sure when you say like he likes to decorate somewhere along the line, it's he the trust is just there, and then it's like you guys don't even talk probably, and it's just done. Yeah, no, there is there was there is a great trust, yeah. and um, um, I remember sort of you know like I said I worked on commercials for a while, and and uh, you know you have to be very fast on commercials, and yeah. I would go out and shoot stuff. You know, you know, the table, the chair, whatever it may be, just shoot it, collect your arsenal, look at the pictures later, assemble your set, and then start tagging. Mm-hmm. And Richard was like kind of day one on Happy Endings. He was like, let's take a look, get a coffee, let's go to lunch, <laughs> let's look at this. And I'm like, I turned to him, I go, Richard, if this continues, we're going to have to split up. <laughs> he looked at me, and he's like, wait a minute, I'm the boss here. And we were cracking. So that was kind of a running joke with us. Oh, my um, God, that's funny. But um, so, yeah, no, we, we developed a, a very good working relationship and a trust. So yeah. that was great. Um, is that something, I guess, oh, I'm jumping ahead because now you are designing. Yeah. Is that something you hope, like, oh, I hope I get a lot, I hope I get to, like, decorate with someone for a while. I hope, like, I don't know. Or do you like working with new people and new, fresh and new? Uh, and, and as a decorator or as a designer? As a, de- or... as a designer. Well, you know, I, I worked as a decorator for, for so many years. And then um, I also worked with Judy Becker over the years on and off. And we had a very good, I have a yeah. very good relationship. And um, the most recent project was Ratchet, which I came on as the decorator. And then Judy had to go on to do another project, which is when I stepped in and took over on the last three episodes of Ratchet. Um, so that's kind of with my full intro into designing for a limited series. Now, we had already set a lot of the permanent sets, mm-hmm. right? And I was really carrying on Judy, which we had implemented Judy being a designer, you know, and just carrying that through so that we had a nice continuous look throughout the show. Because um, you also were f- familiar with her. You had done Ruby Sparks, Battle of the Sexes, Versace. So that, correct. too, you probably had a very good shorthand with her. We did. Yeah. We did. And um, we do. Um, and um, and so that was a great opportunity. And oh, it yeah. was a great opportunity for me. And then came Hollywood when um, I got offered the job and I took it and I was thrilled, thrilled to have it. And so I, you know, moving forward to answer your question, I like working with the same people because it's, it's, it's a safe, comfortable environment, especially yeah. if you, if you enjoy them and there's trust, you know, and, yeah. um, but, of course, be nice to meet new new people along the way and and branch out. Yeah. Did, did I answer your question? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's hard to say too because there's something good about both aspects of it. But I'm like I'm like you. Like I've had the same lead man, lead man for ten years. Like I don't. <laughs> that's it. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have to work with anyone else. We, right. It's, it makes it easier. I yeah. mean, you, there, you know, and there's so many, the, the trust and you just, it definitely makes it easier. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, so after, uh, well, I really jumped ahead. I'm really jumping around here. Did okay. you, did you, oh, did you want to work in Hollywood? Did you want to design and decorate? So I, I knew early on that I, I wanted to work in, in film. And it, it started 
when I was in third grade. And uh, <laughs> I was so what, awesome. Eight, eight I'm with you and so bad. <laughs> I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Yeah. I saw two films and I, I, you know, one was a gangster film with Edward G. Robinson from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And the other one was a film called The Snake Pit with Olivia de Havilland. Ooh. And it was that film that I can recall a specific scene that affected me in such a way. I was like, huh, I kind of want to do this. I want to learn more about this. And so from that point on, I just, I was, you know, reading about film, watching it, whatever I could, I, you know, it was before the internet. So believe it or not, I would have my parents drop me off at the library, the Trinity (laughs) library in San Antonio, Texas. And I learned how to use the library as a kid because I wanted to go find the film section or, that's you know, fantastic. The Dewey Decimal System. Yes. Do you remember well, microfiche? I, I mean, yes. I, couldn't, I, I remember microfiche. <laughs> I don't think I can do it now, but I was doing it then. Um, Poor Dewey. So, <laughs> Dewey's Decimal. So, so I wanted to direct is what I, I, I sort of started as. And I got a little Super 8 film camera. I got my neighbors. We would make these movies in my house. And then we would I would take them to get developed. And we would project them a week later and... Oh my so, god, that's so great! I know, I know. Do you um, still have them? I do, I do. I need to transfer them onto like a, they've been in storage for a long time. Oh my god, that's I great! I just pulled them out. I need to put them into. Uh, well, you had you know. five months. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What have, what have I been doing? Exactly. <laughs> I did, for instance, there was one film that I did. I don't know. I was all of twelve years old or thirteen. I don't know. Called the Mobs. M O T H. You know, and so ran around like the birds, people running down the street. And then when the film came out, I took a little pin and I laid the strip across a glass table with a flashlight below it. And I would scratch the, the film. Wow. So then it's frame. And it was like time consuming. And then when you would run the, the film through the projector, the scratches like fluttered around like moths above our head attacking us. <laughs> that is so great. And it is so creative and has shows such passion. I mean, that I don't is know. so great. Yeah. So then, so then, you know, I studied, uh, uh, film communications and film theory at, uh, at Emerson college in, in Boston and an American university. And then afterwards I took a little bit of a bypass and instead of heading directly to LA, I moved to San Francisco mm. and I started working as a PA and I, I met a location manager on a set of a TV show that they were filming one day. And I basically lied and kind of made myself sound like I knew what I was talking about. And she <laughs> ended up hiring me on a TV movie. That's, um, that's my every day. I lie. <laughs> I know, right. I'm still lying. I'm still no. And so that's kind of, and then, you know, worked as a PA for just trying to figure it out. And, um, then I started working, not very good, but as a second, second, more like sort of key set PA at base camp and then kind of got into the art department. Oh, wow. And, it's, and then I started coming back and forth to L.A. and getting jobs in L.A. And then eventually um, I was working in the art department as a set dresser and then as a buyer. And then I moved to L.A. and, and then I got in as a decorator. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Because I always feel every position that you're going to have, you're going to learn. So even like you being a second second, you're still learning that department and how that interacts with all the other departments and Absolutely. It's so Absolutely. vital. And and later on because then <laughs> you can say like, No, 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 they're doing that or no no no, I have to do that, they don't do that, or this is right. their I, this sure. is who I communicate with to get this done. 
Right. And I, I also, I, you know, I kind of took a slow route. I'm kind of slow with everything. I'm not, maybe I'm not the fastest mover in terms of my own personal career, but um, I, I really am so grateful that I do have the experience working as a buyer, kind of as a set dresser. I wasn't very good. And as a decorator and even as a PA so that for instance, when I was decorating, working with buyers and being able to recognize, okay, you're doing an excellent job or, okay, I need you to pick it up here and you're not, you're not pulling your weight and right. being able to say that and recognize that with confidence because I know I've done the job. Yes, I know. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying in a mean way. I'm just no, saying no, no. like, no, I know, I know exactly the mean. job. So, and I, I, I think too, I get very passive aggressive. And I'm like, oh, I'll just do it. It's cool. I can, and I'll just, I'll, that too. I'll just do it's it. It's almost easier because then you're like, it's no time for conflict or you don't have to like yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. But it takes a better, a better boss to say like, hey, no, I really, this isn't the right direction. I'm so, you know, I, I don't know if I gave you the wrong info or whatever, but you right. got it. You got to go back because especially now as uh, in decorating and designing, we have so much to do. This is why we have buyers. This is why we have art directors and assistant art directors. It's like we have to divide it up and conquer. And a set tech coordinator is yes. so important. And it is a position that needs to really be. Yes. I mean, I'm on a crusade for this, the, the set deck department, you know, um, you know, because it's such an important position. And I, I have been on, movies that didn't have them and they wouldn't give it to me and battle of the sexes is one is that yeah. fun to do was that because you you got to do period that's always fun yes that um you know the directors are a husband and wife john and val and they they did little miss sunshine which is a great oh, film and i think they're great storytellers and i've known them for so long because they work in commercials and they've done hundreds of commercials they have a commercial company production company called bob industries I don't know if they still have it. So I knew them coming into the project and I'd worked with Judy on Ruby Sparks. And so I was very excited about this project. Um, it was challenging. It's one of the films I'm really proud of mm. the finished product, but the journey to get there was a challenging one. And sometimes it happens, you know, there, um, we had so many motels. Yeah. I was just going to ask about that, about them, all the motels. And, you know, after a while, I was like, how do we make these motel rooms look different? You know, and uh, John and Val would come to the set and sometimes there'd be these last minute changes. Like you do on commercials, you know. Mm. Where I don't like that. Commercial. <laughs> I know. I don't like that. It's tough. It's challenging. It's actually scary, yeah. you know, but on a commercial, and I'm not, and this is why they do it. They're, they're just very creative, but on a commercial, you've got a lot of additional set deck hanging around, you know, and people are like, get in the truck and go get this. And so there were moments of that here and there. And so that was a little um, nerve wracking at times, um, but I'm visually, I'm so proud of that show. And I think the way it was yeah. shot, it, it looks like a seventies film. Yeah. It I, looks I, older. It looked, Lena, yeah. we shot it on, on, you know, 35 millimeter oh. Linus. Um, I can never pronounce his last name. He's a great cinematographer. And, um, in the prep, John and Val were like, we want this to look like a 1970s film, like a Robert Altman film. And Nashville coincidentally had, was playing at the Arclight. It was like the 30th anniversary or something. So 
we all went to go see it. And um, it's a lot of compressed images and kind of a pan with a mm. zoom. Mm-hmm. Stuff did in, in, you know, Robert Altman and those films or the parallax view or so. Um, so, yeah, it was. But did, and I think Emma Stone is is a real talent. And yeah. I think she did a very good job portraying Billie Jean Was there input of like just research of the events and everything? I mean, oh, there was a ton of research of the events. Yeah. Definitely of the match at the end of yeah. the Battle of Texas. Judy, that's one thing with Judy. She does a ton of research. Steve and Carell's so, house is really good in that, too. What's that? Steve Carell's house. I forget whose character. Oh, is. that's yeah. a great house. Yeah. Oh, I have a story about that house. It's a but, great house. But I will tell you that... Um, so... Judy Becker does a ton of research and it's great. And so she's already started the research. So by the time I get there, there's already this kind of platform of the look and of the research that we then pull from, you know, be on the walls of our, of our department and go out and just kind of pull from that. Um, I fabricated a lot of stuff for that show. Mm. So Steve Carell's house Judy came into my office one day and she was like, I, I, I still haven't found Bobby's house. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I said, well, you know, what about a Paul Williams house? And she's like, oh, that's, that's interesting, mm. you know? And then literally the next day it was in the paper. The location manager said that this Paul Williams house that was once owned by Connie Stevens had been sold and there was an estate sale. <gasps> and so, and I, I what do you got me, a ma- what do you got like I a magic a ball great, there? <laughs> right, I love me a great 1960s TV starlet. And so, yeah. so I'm driving over Mulholland. I don't know from where, coming back from Omega or something. And Judy calls me. She's like, "You got to go to this house. You know, there there might be uh, some great things that we could use for set deck and go check it out. Let's see how it looks." And so I literally just took a left turn on Benedict Canyon and went straight over there and. It was like a blast from the past. Um, so we ended up using that house. Oh, and, my God. That's great. Look at you we, coming up. You should got a location fee for that. <laughs> I know, Exactly. Oh, it was fun, though, because, I mean, I went in these rooms, and there was kind of this faded wallpaper. There wasn't much furniture. There was the random, like, 1980s bugle bead dress on the, you know, on a sofa and an album of Connie Stevens on the ground. It oh. was it was crazy. Um but that was, it was a, we had to redress it. Obviously there was nothing, there was not much there. Right. Um, but still, that's a, yeah, those no, no, are, no, those are great. great bones to go off of. Absolutely. And the house has then been, you know, remodeled, redone and all of that kind of original, uh, those original details. I think a lot of them are gone or have been you know transformed into something more contemporary and current. So we got it at the right moment. Oh, that is a real, I actually, I watched that on a plane. I remember and then I thought, no, I, I got to watch this again. So I've mm-hmm. seen it at least twice because I was like, I got to watch it again. The screen was too small. There was so much going on. It was so good, like visually. Yeah, good. I, yeah, yeah no, I, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. I, I really am. And I love the beauty parlor. I, I would love to maybe oh. have seen a couple yes. more one shots. But, yes. <laughs> um, but the beauty parlor was a location that we found, Judy found, um, Oh God, it's on like Wilshire. God, I thought that was a set. Yeah, no, it's well, we everything on the interior. There was it was a shell, so it was basically oh, those windows, those kind of pill shaped 
windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the corner of maybe Normandy and Wilshire. Um, and so it wasn't an easy location because it was very noisy. It wasn't insulated, but then we brought everything in, you know, the rugs, we had the, um, makeup tables. Uh, there's nothing built. better than doing a period, uh, beauty store. Beauty no, store. there's nothing better. Not- <laughs> and I love Judy's design on the wall with the kind of flesh, the, yeah. the fleshy pink tones was really the color palette for that, that, that movie. And, um, so we really tried to keep that throughout. She has a very distinct uh, way of designing with color. Yes, absolutely. She is all about color. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, I've learned from that. You yeah. know, I mean, it's very, very specific with color and going through and making all kinds of paint samples of different saturations and tones of, let's say, a pink or a green or a blue or, or whatever the color may be. Yeah. I mean, there are certain designers that I've worked with where their whole offices are nothing but, you know, like the one by one or, you know, 18 by 18, just color samples. Yes. And I always think like, whoa, beautiful mind, settle down. But (laughs) (laughs) I actually did that. You have to do it. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it. And I'll tell you on Ratchet, so I started off as the decorator and then I took over. We had all of of these paint samples that Judy had had Damon put together, the lead scenic um, head painter. And um, so when we would go scout and we, you know, I did have a few builds on that, on those uh, episodes that I did, I would pull from these boards. Mm. And so it was great arsenal to kind of go through and say, okay, well let's flip through this and here's what Judy had put together. This is a good shade of green. So why don't we pull this? And it was almost like playing cards, you know, and put yeah. them together. So, it's kind of a, it's like, you know, as a decorator, we, we go out and we shop for sofas or lamps and you, you built up this arsenal yeah. and all of a sudden you get a curveball, you have a set and you're like, well, wait a minute, what about that lamp that I saw at so-and-so on the third floor? Mm-hmm. Pull it's, from it. it's kind of the same idea with paint colors. It's that, that memory sense of like, oh, I have to remember, I have to remember that lamp or that's yeah. really great. I'll, I'll put that in my, in my bank, <laughs> my memory totally. bank. <laughs> Um, but I, so we, I mean, sorry, I mean, well, I would say, you know, with, with Ratchet, I had the luxury of kind of forcing myself to get a little extra prep. And with it, I had three days by myself where I did like a crazy person, this loop, cause I like to get out and mm-hmm. I like to see, sometimes you can't, as you know, yeah. when you're decorating, you just can't go out and see everything, but I really, I love it. It, it makes me feel more confident. And so I spent three days just going around and shooting everything that I thought remotely could work. Oh, that's what I do at the beginning of every show. Yes. If I have the prep, I go out and shoot a ton of stuff of like, okay, maybe this will work at some point. Or look at this. So at least I know that this is there because the prop house has changed things over. Or there's something that's been there forever, but now it works for you. Correct. Correct. You see the whole new set of eyes on every show. Yeah. So... That, you know, and in Dropbox, I had my folder MFF 1210, which was the day that I did these, this folder of, you know, numerous pictures. So Ginny Harris, who was one of the buyers and Melissa Licht, we would joke. I'm like, like well, sometimes I shop at 1210 for the set. I'll tend to shop at, uh, you know, MFF 1210. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. You gotta open up. You got your own prop house. You gotta get yeah, your. Yeah, <laughs> top ten. 
is invaluable. I still have it. <laughs> That's awesome. I do remember, though, because um, I want to jump into Versace, but um, mm -hmm. the, the amount of research that you guys did for that show. Yeah. But um, when you do research and you, you have all those color boards or you have all those carpet samples or you have, uh, like for us, like the fabric and the, and the upholstery and all of this, when you're in your own madness, it makes sense. Right. But when right. I walked into that Versace art department, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is like, this. every single surface had a research board. Every right. single surface was covered with carpet sample books or paint swatches or fabric, like everything, every usable space was used. And then there was something on top of it. And I was right. like, oh my God, what have I gotten into? Like, how long have you guys been here? <laughs> how long have you guys lived here? Oh my God. So can I, can I, yes, there was a quite, like I said, quite a bit of research and a lot of boards everywhere for, you know, the bars, the house, this, the Miglin's house. And, um, um, but you know, again, when you're in it and yeah. you're in the boards and they start to ring true, I it just, and then when there's a very specific color palette as a decorator that was given to me, it just made my job so much so easier. Much easier. And I would, it does. It right. Does. For you too. Yeah, it right? does. And, and you can, can self-edit as you go. Yeah. And it helps. And it helps the buyers, everyone to be on the same page. It totally wow. helps. And it also helps when, let's just say, something uh, is called out. Like, I don't like that. It's not right. And you'd be like, okay, well, I was just going off of the palette. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I was just going off of the research. Like, I yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I have to say, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but so I was, I was on Versace. And as you know, the sh those shows can be very, very stressful at times. And... It, the schedule was getting crazy, and I remember I just finished dressing a set, and we had opened it, and we were shooting. And and um, for Judy's job, Jamie McCall and and Adam came up to me, and they were they looked a little timid and a little <laughs> like Matthew. We just want to talk to you about something. I'm like, oh, someone died. What's going on? And like, how would you feel? Now, it, don't take this person, but how would you feel if we brought in another decorator? And I, like, jumped. I was like, are you kidding me? I would have yes. said, go fuck yourself. How oh, dare like, you? <laughs> That's what I would have said. I don't know, but not to replace me, to sort of take over, you know, because I think there were so <laughs> many sets that we still owed. And then we had the boathouse coming up. And so I wasn't. I was like, yes, absolutely. I love the idea. And that's where I got to meet you, yeah. which was so great. Which and then was you fantastic. I actually, I don't even think I saw you, though. <laughs> no, but a little bit. But there a was a bit. moment where, yeah. where because you did, I remember you were doing The Boathouse, which is the big dramatic finale. Yeah, I did see you then. And I remember Jamie had a meeting, and, and you were there, and, and I walked in, and, and the set was pretty dressed, and I, I recognized, you know, the pink chairs from Warner, or this and that, and I just thought it looked so good. I, could, and I just thought you did such a great job but, with it. But for me, the pressure for me to come on to something like that is I need to respect and keep up with what you have done. And that's the first time I've ever done it. And, and I just kept thinking, like, 
well, this is weird. Like, did they use this chair before? Like, can anybody just verify? Like, I remember going to your buyers and being like, hey, can you just tell me, like, did you use this? And it was like, I think we used that over there, but I don't think we ever saw it. And I'm like, okay. That right. was that was a hard part of yes. just wanting to get up to your level because you did this incredible show, which, I mean, I watched it, and I can't, I, I can't even believe you did all of that all yourself. It's well, I, I, I so did just, much. Flo, Flo Martin, Florencia Martin started the, the beginning and then she left. So I came in. But yes, it was so much. And thank so you. But but, but seriously, I thought that set looked so good. And I remember kind of, you know, going, oh, this looks freaking awesome. Great job. And, and uh, you know, we were both kind of, we didn't know each other. And, and I, I'm glad we got that, that opportunity because it's not often that decorators get to work. No, on- it, I, I say that all the time. Like, we never really get to work with each other. And you were so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you were so nice. And then you were so nice when it aired. You called me and said it looked good, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm such an asshole. I should have called him on the first episode and said how good it looks. Like, I'm watching every week. Like, I can't wait to see what he's done. And you didn't even call him. Like, you're such an asshole. It's all good. It's all good. No, no, not at all. But I, but seriously, you were on that show for, like, a, like, or that show was up for almost a year. Yeah, it was, it was. I can't remember how long I was because again I did come on when it already started. So, but it was yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, and that was my first. It was like your first TV, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. You snob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know why not? Yeah. Um, Uh, And but to be you know to get into the Versace world isn't bad. I mean, yeah, it it was. was. so be like uh, so exuberant some of those sets and so like i loved the uh Meglin the... House. it's such a grim episode episode 103 um it was all white again that that was, uh-huh. was sort of uh-huh. the strict palette everything's got to be white so as if we had like a lot of custom and reupholstery and custom drapery and Re- regina of course did a fabulous job but um even with all the the difficult things we had to pull together Going back to a very strict color palette for me just makes it so much easier. You can just go through and like, okay, this, this, no, not that, this, this, and this. When you have to move at such a rapid clip sometimes, you know? You did, you're mentioning that your draper, Regina Graves, right? Regina Graves? No, Regina Regina Henderson. Regina Henderson. I don't know why I'm saying Graves, sorry. Yeah, Regina Henderson. She's so great. I've worked with her on Veep, and I tried to get her just for this past one, um, but... I, I, she's fantastic. She knows what she, she knows period. She knows the swag. She knows like, well, you can't do it there. You don't have enough space. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, right. No, you're not going to have enough room to do this. And you're like, oh, okay. No, right. a great draper will save you. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big. It's an so. unsung little world. And, and there, when you get to have a draper, which is another position you don't always get to have. No, I know. Um, it's luxury. Such, it's such a luxury, and it's unbelievable. It's I, I feel like it's so old Hollywood to have like a draper. Like some... I think that's another position that should be. I mean, you know, obviously it's sort of script driven. If there's not a lot of drapery, then maybe it's not a. But I really think it's a, 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 very, a very necessary position. You know, like yeah. I said on Battle, I. On commercials, I would do drapery myself. Me and my lead man would go. We 
measure, I'd pull from a mega or have something made, Linda would make this or whatever. We'd hang it up, shoot it. But when I did, you know, um, I had never really worked with a draper. I never I, had a draper until Veep. I never and had one. Versace. And yeah. so I just was like such a luxury. I was like, okay, how do I even, how do we talk? I mean, how do we, because I normally do this. And I quickly realized all the work that I was doing before, how much stress it took off of me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because I'm um, diving through Warner Brothers drapery to find, try to find two, like, 284 legs of a period, you know, curtain that you need. In between a hundred texts and a hundred phone calls and then measurements. And then you're you're applying it to a a set on stage where they have a lot of soffits or they have a radius or they have a return and there's not just a normal window. Then you're into some really big applications. Or like like the problem that I always run into of like, hey, Kim, uh, yeah, the draper you got, it has grommets. And I'm like, oh, can we hang it upside down and just cut it like... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've done some like wacky shit. I'm like, well, it'll be behind the sofa. Just cut it. Just turn turn it upside down and just cut it. I don't care. Like I've gone, you know, ghetto on it. But... So the um one of my early jobs when I was sort of trying to get into the art department was still PA. I got to assist Catherine Martin and Bridget can never pronounce her last name. She's now a designer herself on the reshoots of Romeo and Juliet. Which is one of my favorite films. Yeah. And I, they, it was like a month long job and Catherine, you know, and I was just there to help whatever they needed. And they were in a rhythm, you know? And I remember Catherine Martin talking about some drapery in a way like we're talking about it. Like, Oh, don't worry about it. Just get a little bit of curtain, little red curtain, put it there. We'll be fine. You do this. And I could tell that she knew what she was talking about. Even though it sounded kind of silly and kind of rickety rack, I could t- and she was saying it in kind of a funny way, but I knew that it, I could tell by her confidence and how she was describing what she wanted um, that I, I was envious of this world that mm. they were in and this vibe and this rhythm. And I was like, this is, I want to work in this. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, so then I started working more and more in the art department. I think too, though, I was very... Um, scared of drapery for a very long time. Yeah. And missed a lot of opportunities of making window statements in my Mm -hmm. dressing. And not really until Veep and doing, like, real research and really learning, like, names and festoons and sweeps, like, all that shit. Really diving into it. Because I didn't... I I had a draper, but I didn't want to not know what she was talking about and just like fake it kind of be like oh yeah 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 cool and then show up and be like oh shit <laughs> that's not what Uh-oh. I wanted at all so. that's what that means yeah honestly you know if I don't know something I'll say what are you talking about what is yeah. that I mean I you know I'm I'm always doing that. oh well yeah I usually just turn my back and then like look shit up yeah <laughs> I do it. I mean, I do it all the time. But, um, yeah. And you had extraordinary drapery on that show. Like, the one set that stands out to me was like a white round room. Was that the episode you're talking about, too? Was like. Uh, Are we talking about Versace? Versace, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably. Yeah, that would be probably the Miglin house. Yes. 
that set stands out to me of it was so perfectly done yeah and it was there was a there was very few smalls everything was Mm -hmm. white it was very stylized it was very sterile and um I think it gave a, a very uneasiness mm-hmm. to it added an uneasiness to that episode and to the horrific crime that that Conan did when he murders uh, yeah. Mr. Miglin in um, the garage, which was also white. Everything was white. I think the car was red, but everything else was white. Um, the garage was a build on stage. The house that we used was a, a even though it was a Chicago townhome. We scouted and Jamie found a house um, in Hancock Park, which we then seriously plugged walls to make it as small, but still camera crew friendly so that it it appeared more vertical and narrow versus, you know, horizontal and long and sprawling. So we plugged a lot, you know, in the entryway where there's a stairs, you know, she's sitting at the stairs. Right. There's a plug right there, but that really led into a dining room, which led into another room. But we plugged that. You look the other way into the living room, which played as the living room. And we plugged all, you know, in there to, or Jamie did. I shouldn't say we, Jamie plugged it um, to make it look sort of more like a Chicago townhome. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you shot it in Chicago at a townhome. <laughs> the exterior, yeah, no, good, 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 good. Movie magic, right? The um, the exterior, they did go on location. I didn't go. Jamie went, um, and um, they shot the exterior walk up and the arrival before she enters the home in Chicago oh. or Evanston or somewhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, um, the yeah. the the work that went into Versace to me is like. T- like ridiculous it was a lot it was a lot it was, it was it's lot. so it was so good yeah i mean again the the uh the houseboat i mean that was a big set yeah but guess what i <laughs> i um they she said to me you can dress it but then they're gonna take a lot out and they took out like 50 percent of what i dressed did they? Yeah. And I dressed to, I mean, there was tons of research photos. Right. And, and I got this, you know, you get, I mean, it was all blurry sort of like VHS off of a VHS or whatever. And you, you do what Correct. you can. But yeah, they took out a bunch. And I always feel like, oh, I'm glad I had it there. At least yes, I had it there and they could take it out. Like, you only, only certain things hurt my feelings when they get taken out. But I guess. But you know that that could also have been sort of the I I, I sort of know Ryan doesn't like yeah it was uh, Ryan smalls. he yeah. doesn't like and so sort of going into it the whole series was pretty I mean yes it was dressed of course there were things but it was kind of sparse or tried and so I think trying to maintain that probably throughout is why they did that but I I thought it looked great when I saw it and and on the screen so I think it was eerie. And even though it wasn't his house, I mean, the whole reality of, of he broke into somebody's house and it was weird and it was weirdly dressed like this. That to me is cool too. I'm like, whenever you see, like when you go, when you scout houses and you're like, Oh my God, I can't wait for you to see this. house. you got to go in the bedroom or you got to go see what they got going on in there. Like (laughs) how people really live is fascinating. It can give you some good ideas too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's a folder on Dropbox for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so 
you're in the Ryan Murphy world. Yes. I you, guess I am. You, you are. <laughs> oh, you're in. I think you might be in it too. I, uh, I'm dipping my toes. I'm dipping my yeah. toes. Um, so you got, so you, you do rat, you decorating ratchet, you take over and then you do Hollywood. Like yeah. how did, was it just like a, uh, like, oh you yeah, never... Hollywood's coming up next. You're in, right? Was it I like mean, that? Pretty or... much. Yeah. I mean, there was talk of Hollywood. There was talk of prom and then there was another show, Boys in the Van. Another oh, right, movie, in New York. Is a, correct. But they, they built that. We shot that in L.A. And that is what Judy went to go do. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I stepped up, like I said earlier, on Ratchet and, and did the last three episodes. And then we also recreated um, the Philippine hospital unit on the beach, or in the Philippines, a hospital unit on the beach with a whole flashback sequence when Mildred, you learn sort of the early stages of why she became who she was oh. when she was in the war. So that was a big undertaking. But um, so when we were rapping, I remember we were on the back lot of, of Fox because we were shooting a bunch of sets that we did out there. And um, Eric came to me. He's like, okay, Ryan wants you to do Hollywood. And I really didn't, you know, I was still trying to get into the guild and working, doing that and getting into the guild. And then... Um, I had, I said, okay, you know, I had a week off, literally one week, and then started on Hollywood. But I, I, I know, right? I, I have to say, you know, and honestly, I probably shouldn't say this. I'm not the person. Most people at the end of a job are like, so, hey, what, what's your next job? What are you going to do next? I'm never that guy. Even though I do continue to work, luckily, knock on wood. But I, that's not, I'm thinking about right. time off. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm going to go home and do my wash. And I breathe. am and I'm not. I want to be cool and I want to be like, whatever, whatever comes. But then I get like, oh, wait a minute. I got a call for this. Should I take this? Wait, don't take this. Wait, no, no, no. I heard about this. This could come up. Oh, this is the worst part of our job. Making decisions. I'm going to make the wrong decisions. Just somebody tell me what to do. Somebody tell me what to do. <laughs> yes. So, but, you know, going back, just touching back on sort of my sort of love and passion for old films, filmmakers mm. and Hollywood and, and, so the subject matter, I was thrilled about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Here, yeah. We had just done a show, very different look, that was in the 40s, completely different. And so it was a, it was a, it was a great opportunity for me. And I'm thrilled that I got it because I love the subject matter and, and um, I enjoy period. I like doing period. I actually think, I really think when you watch Hollywood – it's one of the show. It's it's a show, or it's really a long form movie, or whatever that people will go back and reference. Hey, did you see that in Hollywood? Like that's the type of period. Like that's what we should do. Huh? I well, do. I, I, that would be great. I think it's. You know? I think it's gorgeously done, and it must have been so exciting to to deep deep dive into these old Hollywood locations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and recreating a fictitious, you know, studio and building all the interiors on a soundstage, Ace, Ace Studios, which is sort of a hybrid of kind of RKO and, and Paramount. Yeah. So that, that was great, you know, from the editing rooms to the makeup and hair suite to the Starlet classroom, the commissary, the executive offices, the hallways. Um, and then when we were outside in the real world, I... Early on, you know, you have your palette, you have your color palette, and um, I really wanted to have an architectural palette. Mm-hmm. And so the little bit that we see, I wanted to try to, 
touch on the different architectural movements that were happening in the early part of the, the 20th century in Los Angeles. Because, you know, back then, people were flocking to Hollywood to work in the industry. It was this booming business. And so developers and architectural firms were building to house them. Mm-hmm. So I started to research and look at architects from that time. And there was one in particular, and I'm not going to say the name. I think it's Wallace Clement, Wallace Clements and Hall walls. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that firm, they did uh, the Wiltern, the Pantages theater, um, you know, a lot of buildings in Hollywood, downtown, mid Wilshire. So for instance, the bank, uh, that Henrietta and Jack go to try to get a loan, which is in episode one. It's this fabulous shell of a bank, this Art Deco building. And that architectural firm had built that. Hmm. The um, exterior of, you see it very quickly, of uh, what we used for Western costume was another building that was built in the early 20s by this firm. So that was great to kind of be able to to get some of that architecture and then the Spanish you know, colonial revival, uh, garden apartments, and of course, Hollywood Regency, and then Art Deco, and to try to touch on those. So, so yeah, and LA's got such fabulous architecture. And, and like you're saying, like, it touches on, like, it has Spanish, and then it has the colonial, and that, and there's this, like, those two don't mix. <laughs> but yet right. it was so popular back then of, of Well, you know, it's, it's sort of this this Los Angeles Hollywood casual lifestyle that was sort of with these garden apartments and then Hollywood Regency and Paul Williams such a prolific architect mm-hmm. and 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 um so I definitely wanted to get you know that's for George Cukor's house we used four different locations two of them which were builds but the interior was a, a beautiful house designed and built by Paul Williams in Beverly Hills that we redid. And then the exterior, because that party scene was so involved. Yeah, the pool. Yeah, the pool. We couldn't find everything we needed at one location. So then found a, a beautiful sort of 1930s house in Pasadena that sat on about two acres with the pool and kind of redid the cabana and, and a tennis court. So we shot that stuff there. And then for the scenes um, with Vivian, Vivian Lee and Ernie, mm-hmm. we, built that, we built that on stage. And then the cottage with, with Dick Samuels and Rock, we built that on stage as well. So it took four separate locations to make that whole party sequence work. It's, it's magic. <laughs> really it's magic. Can, it's all you can say is like, it's magic. And how much time and effort it took to either to pick all those locations, to make them look the same, to make the to make the flow of it, to make the story work, and then edit it, and then it's incredible, really, that we get anything done. <laughs> I know. It kind of is. There was one house, beautiful house, in Beverly Hills that that almost could have provided quite a bit, but the problem is in Beverly Hills, you, and we had so much night exterior, we couldn't. Exactly. It wasn't an option. So, right. so that's why we had to kind of bounce around to piece this together, and. Um, I think for the most part it works, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and um, so that was sort of great to kind of be able to have that sort of style. And also George Cukor was at this infamous house that was kind of a Regency, not kind of a Regency style home up in you know above Sunset Plaza, I believe. And then later on, he hired uh, John Wolfe, the architect and designer, 
to build three guest houses, one of which Spencer Tracy and, and uh, Catherine Hepburn oh, lived in. The stories are so great. Now, the Hollywood stories, the right? The Hollywood stories are just so great. And it's fun. That was fun, too, because the images and the research that I had, you know, in the office and, and in the art department and in my office was just fun. I mean, I was like late night Xeroxing. And <laughs> my art department coordinator, we were like Xeroxing this and all the Kodachrome sort of 1940s movie star portraits. Um, that was kind of fun to do. I got a, a, a licensing deal with Getty Images, which wasn't cheap. No, not at all. <laughs> and so it was kind of a bit of a battle. Not a battle is the wrong word, but, but it was just it. A, a fight to get, or mm-hmm. a, a real kind of conversation to be able to to have that, you know, to get. It. And it was totally worth. It. So we had all the portraits, you know, Lana Turner, Vivian Lee, Humphrey Bogart, framed and on the walls. And um, I've said this many times now, but Melissa Licht, the decorator, she was able to find the commissary chairs that were actually used at the Warner Brothers Commissary back in the 40s. Isn't that fantastic? They were now in the prop house. I love it. Yeah, it was so great. So, you know, they'd been used over and over and over again and painted black, and so we restored them and sanded them and painted them in our color palette. But that's why I think Warner Brothers is really... So great. Such a shining gem in our little little world. Robert has done an amazing job. It has changed over the years and become such a uh not that it wasn't great but and ronnie did a fantastic job too but you know times change and i I just i think it's great yeah curating set dressing to be consistently rented and also i think knowing when to let someone manipulate things is a real is a real talent like to manipulate them in terms of how they're displayed to rent no like okay i'll let you reupholster that Oh, correct. Absolutely. Okay, you can paint those chairs. You don't have to paint them. You know, like, we are allowed sometimes. And sometimes they say no, and that's fine. But if you ask, sometimes you're like, listen, I love these chairs, but I need to reupholster them. If I pay for it, will, you know, will you let us do it? And they say yes. And I should say, with, like, your Versace stuff, you upholstered so much stuff. (laughs) And then... Took oh, it all no. off, we right? Had, we had everyone work. Uh-oh, you went out there. I, I just lost you a little bit. I lost bit. You. you. The last thing I heard was uh, you had everyone work. Yes, and then I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said I lost you. <laughs> so, yes, um, we had everybody working in town at one point. Like, every... They couldn't take, we had more stuff to upholster. We had the guys and, and the, the men and women at, at Warner Brothers. And then we had Omega. We had, you know, Sophie Love. I mean, we just we were cranking it out. <laughs> but then you took it all off. What? And then I did what? Didn't, but didn't, none of the Versace. And we had to take it all off. Fabric right. could be used again. You took it all, all right. off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but that's the deal. I mean, you didn't want someone else using it and or they couldn't use it again. I mean, I get it. I think that was fantastic. Yeah, we did. We had to take it off. There might be two or a th- couple of chairs uh, that are still have it. I think I was, I feel like I was up, you know, on the third floor of WB and I think, oh, look at these chairs. Somehow they sneaked by. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I might need them again. Yeah. No, <laughs> put it in your file. Yeah, exactly. 1210. Um. <laughs> Do you have a favorite set on Versace, on um, on Hollywood that you designed? Gosh, um, I like all of them. 
I really liked Jack's apartment, mm. um, which we built on the soundstage. I think the scale, it feels right. Yeah. And I love the sort of heavy plaster walls with the kind of archway details and the kitchenette. Um, so I like, I like that set. I love Avis's office. And I like the commissary and Schwab's, of course, which was such a historically driven set. There was a certain amount of responsibility and pressure that I felt to to be able to um, do that set justice because it has so much Hollywood history yeah. attached to it. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, no, I it it, it it I really enjoyed all of the sets. I, you know, sort of I guess coming from a decorator background with Jack's apartment my crew and Melissa and everyone was sort of joking. It kind of started with a curtain and I built the whole set around <laughs> some curtains that, you know, I, I was thinking of old forties films and there was a, a film, there's a scene in a, a film kiss of death where Richard Widmark goes to this lady's house and he eventually kills her. And is, there's this little small, little modest apartment and she's in the other room and there's not a door. There's just some curtains that separate the room. And I just thought it was so great. And it just stuck in my head. And so with Jack's apartment, which was scripted as an efficiency, mm. we had to shoot it. We did, so it needed to be a little big so that we could get in there, but not, you know, obviously not too big. They don't have much money. So that's where the curtains came in to sort of separate the bedroom area. So everyone joked like, okay, we built this whole set around a pair of curtains. <laughs> but I'm, I'm always very appreciative when the designer will say, well, why don't you get some fabric and then we'll, we'll pick some colors from there. Like, you know, We'll, we'll try to go blues or like let's do deep reds or whatever right and then like because it's so it makes it sometimes so much easier for us as decorators to then build around that rather than like oh this is the wall color now i gotta go find all this <laughs> right. Right. so it's always nice and it i think it helps everyone to see like what's when you get the color, like what the compliment is and it's in that fabric and look, we could pull out the pink in this. And I just always appreciate when it comes from like a fabric example. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I sort of going, expanding on that, I would say, and I'm a big believer in this and it's just the only way is a like collaboration. And of yeah. course our yeah. business, it takes so many of us to really be able to pull things off. And so it's such a collaboration from the top to the bottom. And I, you know, even when I was a decorator, I would, I would interview and work with buyers. I'm like, I want to know, I want your opinion. And yeah. even if you didn't agree with me, I want to know. And I want to know why. So um, you may not agree with me. I may not agree with you. But I want us to be able to be, have the freedom and the confidence to be able to have input and to, to work in a collaborative way. And so it's we, so important. It's so important. And it's fun. I mean, it makes it so much more fun, and especially when you're working with talented, fun people and, and everyone's kind of just pitching in ideas. You know, you sort of, you head down a path. Of course, there's a very sort of, you have a base of like a foundation of the color palette and of the goal, but then along the way, you kind of branch out, you start to get different ideas, and then you land with the finished product. So I, I enjoy the process very much. And, and you get a day to do it. <laughs> Sometimes you get two days. Exactly. No, yeah, I know. Two days. No. It's so nice, like you're talking, but it's it, yeah. Sometimes you have to be really fast about. about. But that's where all that like shorthand comes in so handy, I think. Or 
with someone new and exciting, you're like, oh shit, I would have never thought of that. Okay, cool. Right. right. Or it's, oh, they're not even on my, they're not even in the right book, let alone the same page. What am I doing? <laughs> No, that's not good. No. That's always not fun. That's not good at all. Um, do you want to stay designing or do you want to go back and forth? What do you think? You know, I, I you know, I, I really enjoy designing and I yeah. think. It sounds like uh, you really like, and you're good at it, obviously. Well, thank you. Hopefully we'll see. Maybe <laughs> the next project people will be like, wait a minute. He didn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Um, so no, I think I do. I do want to stay designing. I really, I love decorating. And, um, so the show has certainly learned quite a bit from the show and, um, yeah. I, I, well, that's great. You never know what's going to come your way though. I made it something sort of to decorate something really fantastic might come and it might be the right time, but, but, um, I think I'm yeah, definitely going to pursue designing. I wonder how much of, um, our world really will be affected by all of this because there's so many shows that aren't even starting up till you know next year i know so will it be this like flood of work or will it still keep pacing out like i don't know i really don't know i, I don't know either and I, I i i sort of question if, if people are just trying to see how it, how it goes like a, a case-by-case business like with prom i guess that was very successful yeah. i was speaking with eric the other day and eric copton the producer as you know for, for with ryan yeah. and um he said that prom went very well and and um so i think you guys are the next case test case yeah i i think we are <laughs> I, mean, I don't know maybe i don't mean to make it sound like that because it's hard to um it's well, hard to uh, to know how it's going to work, really. I'm really overwhelmed right now with like. I know. You know what? Day one is never, and I know this isn't really day one, but in a way it yeah. is because you're coming back into it. Day one for me has always been kind of a, a day that I've never liked. It's always been kind of I've always been kind of depressed and like, oh, okay, what's it? You know, so daunting. Still to, yeah, daunting, exactly. <laughs> yes. No, it's like it's so funny. I was like, you know, the job ends. I'm depressed. I don't have work, and when I get at work. I get I get a job. I get depressed. Yeah. Well, you were saying before, like you don't really like in the in the beginning of like, oh, can I do this? Can I? I mean, I have the same feelings. Something funny is like when you know when you have prep, the first like week or something, you're getting in there, you're doing your own research, you're focusing on like these minuscule things, and um the buyers who were on uh, Ratchet and Hollywood are now with me, um, oh, Jane, Jane Madden and Ashley Rice. And okay. so they came like right off of Hollywood. They maybe had like a week off or something. And so when they started, I was in like la la prep land <laughs> and they were like, okay, where should I go? Should I go take this? Should I go do this? And I was like, whoa, you're killing my prep buzz. <laughs> <laughs> You got to settle down, girls, because... Now you need them back at that level. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they're ready. Yeah. We're all ready. I, I've been very lucky. We've we've all had, like, happy hour almost every week together. Oh, that's great. So that's it's, great. It's been great because I've never worked with them before, and so getting to know them is, has been really great. They were great. I, I really enjoyed working. I mean, I, you know, not as a decorator, but definitely enjoyed working with them, and they, they both... Great. They're really good. Um, we had a happy hour as well when we got the nomination. Yes, was, yeah, I heard. That's awesome. Yeah, so we all got together on Zoom and 
and had a toast and it was nice to see everyone's faces, albeit, you know, on the computer, but still to be able to say, you know, congratulations to all of us. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is a congratulations. It's a lot of hard work and it's acknowledged and it's, it's really great. I'm really, I'm bummed for anyone nominated that you don't get that regular nomination season, like with the parties. (laughs) I'm so, I feel bad. I I remember you, you, you telling me about those in the past (laughs) and, um, I don't know otherwise. And so I, I'm bummed on one hand, but I'm also so thrilled that I don't know any other yeah. <laughs> difference. So it's, it's okay. I mean, um, there's a, a really next time. Next, well, hope, yes. Hopefully yeah. there's a next time. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, uh, I think you got a good shot there. I think, oh, it's, uh, I think you better get your speech ready. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know. There's some heavy hitters. It's it's a bit intimidating um, or humbling to be in the company of such, um, you know, talented people. Seriously. It is a hard category because there's well, so many different errors and, like, period. And it's it's a catch-all kind of. Right. It's hard. Right. Watchmen is in there. No, no. Yeah, Watch, yeah Watchmen's no, in Westworld, there. Excuse me. Westworld being, like, sort of the fantasy part of the category, I think. Westworld, Morning Show, Hollywood, Watchmen, and Big Little Lies, I believe. No, no, no. It's um, it's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, the, the Crown. Oh, I'm completely on a I'm in a different category. I'm so sorry. You're in you're in 2020. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry sorry sorry. That's okay. It's good. Um, it's um the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Crown, Hollywood. Watchmen and I believe Westworld, right? Well, Crown already won. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really uh, hard to all repeat. Beautiful shows. They're all really, really, really well done shows. I've been watching them, and and it's they're they're all really for what they are. They're just so well yeah. done and crafted. Yeah. I think. I mean, we all know everyone works really hard. That's the thing of it. Um, in this time off, have you watched anything good? Um, I have watched, you know, when, when I'm working, it's so hard for me to watch anything because my time off, I want to just be outside or catching up or, so I've seen the first season of the morning show, which I absolutely loved. I watched all of Ozark. Um, oh, I love Ozark. what's that? I love Ozark. Wow. That was pretty intense. Um, and then I thought it was, you know, both of them are such good actors, I think. Um, and um, watched Dead to Me. And I've also, I have Criterion, which is um, a great channel that streams old films, new films, foreign films. And it's always the cr- Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been watching some sort of old Japanese films from the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. which are beautiful. Um by a very prolific Japanese filmmaker. I can never say his first name, but his last name is Ozu. And um, I'm trying to think what else on Netflix. Listen, just because you work for a Netflix, you don't always have to work for Netflix. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know, but I just I'm saying there's so, you know, I was, I was about to say um, uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's such a beautiful oh, yeah. show. It is. Um, it is well done. But they but won. I, they I, won already. I, 
did you see did you see the first season of 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 the morning show i did i did i really loved it i did too I, i thought it was good i thought the ending the end sequence with the use of audio when she when Jennifer Aniston's character is kind of having her breakdown mm-hmm. on the set and she kind of turns to the cameraman and she's like, Oh, I didn't know your name. What's your name? Well come in. I want you to pull in for a close up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we cut and we're outside and we see the producer who's just lost his job and his life and he's in Central Park screaming. And there's this beautiful music that kind of plays and it runs throughout a good long segment throughout the entire sequence. And the audio of the dialogue is kind of quieter. And I just thought it was, it almost took you out of it, but it kind of, you were still part of this bigger event happening. And and I really thought it was so beautifully put together. I I just love the end of that. I did Um, too. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was well acted. I thought that the story was um, obviously um, relevant. And and I love Steve Carell. So I'm in. Yeah. I'm in for yeah, anything Steve Carell, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I think Jennifer Aniston was fantastic, yeah. perfectly cast. Yeah. She, she looked the part. Um, I also saw, I did just remembered Little Fires Everywhere, which... Um, I didn't like it. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, it took me... I love Reese Witherspoon, and it's almost like Tracy Glitch. Tra- what was the character? Oh, she God, Tracy Glitch, yeah, from Election. Tracy Glitch? Yeah. It's almost like she grew up, and that's who she became. That's Tracy Glitch. so good. That is now Tracy Glick living in suburbia with a nice house, and everything's tailored. And That's so, such a good... That's such a good point. But um, I enjoyed it. I, it I, there was a little... You know, getting through a couple of episodes, I thought that the ending was pretty powerful, and that whole moment where yeah. she kind of reveals how she feels about her kid, one of her daughters. Yeah, that's awful. It is awful, and um, uh, and I also think the '90s is not easy to capture. No, they're not. No, I'm in that world. I know. I hate. I don't that, like the '90s. It's it's very hard to to sort of capture as period, and I thought they did such a good job. They did I, I really, really well. I thought the design of it was great, and I I, I I think the I mean I yeah I think you're spot on in saying like they captured the '90s because I specifically watched it and like what did they do because I'm going to be in that world. So right. yeah, I think the design so, of it and everything was fantastic. You know, yeah. the, the white painted round co- coffee table and the curtains and the pattern on pattern. And so I, I think I don't I think I maybe have seen her around as Lisa Clark decorated that. Is I that think right? so. And Jessica Kinder is the production designer. And I, I don't I don't She's know Jessica. Super nice. I did see an interview with her and I just thought, you know what, this is I really thought they did a, such a good job. You know, I I don't know. I guess I wish I read the book. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I did watch all of that. I mean, I I loved Miss Mrs. America. Oh, hello! Oh. That was incredible. Oh, so I good. absolutely loved that. And I and the talk about design, I thought yeah. it was spot on. Yeah, I, I really, I um, I loved it. Kate Blanchett is so good in that type of a role. It's you a know? tough Emmy season. I mean, I'm surprised that they. That they weren't nominated, to be honest. Can I say that? Oh, yeah. Of course you can. Uh, <laughs> am I allowed? Because I was so watching, I was just so impressed with the look of the show. I'm sure they're really surprised, too. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm probably the one that took their spot. They probably don't want to beat me up behind the bar, you know? Like, come here, kid. I think, I, I, I said it to you before when we were talking, though. I think it was, 
you know, they, everyone puts out their for your considerations and everything. And I think, I think that hurts some shows that they didn't have it. Right. Right. So yeah. I, and maybe was that a, was one of them, but featurette. I saw a featurette, you know, sort of behind the scenes on the look of the show. And I just, I, I just, anyway, it was a great, I thought it was really well acted. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I remember Phyllis Schlafly, but I didn't really pay attention to it because I was young. And, uh, so it was nice to kind of go back and kind of see it with adult eyes. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really transformative. Such a nice guy. Such a humble, nice guy. Everyone I've ever asked about him says what a nice guy he is. Um, so super talented. Such great taste. And um, I'm so glad that we got to, to speak. He's... I'm excited for his nomination. Anyone nominated, I'm excited for. But um, because I know it's his first one, and switching from set decorator to designer, that's big. So congrats to him and his team. Really job well done. And um, good luck. It's a hard category. It's going to be a tough one. They are, they're all hard. I mean, as we say, it's, um, it's political, but it's everyone should just get an award. <laughs> I'm not one of those people who like to give out everybody gets a trophy for kids because I don't think it's right. Um, but I don't know. At this point, just we we're all we all work really hard. Now we're all going to be working really harder. I'm telling you. We should all just get a little gold statue. Really have some great interviews coming up with... Um, I still have Gabriel Hardman, the uh, storyboard artist, illustrator. I have uh, Jeff Rosenberg, who is a second AD turned director. I have the talented Jamie McCall, who I think should have been nominated for Pose or Politician. Just wonderful looking shows. And I've got one of me just talking about the art department. And uh, I know I have so much good stuff for you. You don't even know. I do think, starting this show, it's going to start to get busy for me. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go back to two podcasts a month, which I hope audience sticks with it and maybe it'll make you want some one of it more. But uh, I think just for quality control and schedule-wise, and plus I have <laughs> two babies, <laughs> um, I'll fit them in somehow. Uh, I think uh, probably in September I'm going to go to back to the two per month schedule. So thank you for the last couple of months of listening. And I don't know, you've been telling friends about this podcast or what, but this audience has doubled. Like, I, I'm overwhelmed. So thank you for all your reviews and ratings um, on all of the platforms that you listen to this podcast on. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep them coming. So thank you. These last days of summer, you should be out there enjoying it on your Stogie Floaty. Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Float. Available now on Amazon, Etsy, and StogieFloaty.com.